0: All right. Well, everybody, welcome to another great show. I'm honored to have Chris Clear join us. Chris is the father to three awesome daughters, husband to a rock star wife, and a business owner with a few other partners. He owns a credit card processing company, and I promise you, we're not going to get into the weeds on <laughs> credit card processing, right, Chris? No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about a lot of great things business, but that company is called uh, Atlantic Merchant, but interestingly enough, Chris also owns self-storage facilities, and you also coach people who are interested in that industry, and you help them evaluate, purchase that first facility. So, Chris, welcome to the show, man! Excited to have you on.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor, man. I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah,
0: you know, people listening probably always hear that about a guest being excited to be on the show, but I don't know about you. I do always genuinely get excited about being on a show. I kind of think of it as a little performance. I want to give and pour into the person listening. So I appreciate you being excited, man. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, you know, from my standpoint, man, I, I just, I'm honored to be, but I want to hear anything I have to say. So I, I appreciate somebody letting me be a part of, of it and uh, having a podcast myself. I know how uh, important it is to have some some folks on that, that do a great job. And and like I said, man, I, I've enjoyed watching yours and, and seeing the number of guests you had on, so... Looking forward to being there.
0: Well, you and I are blessed to be a part of a pretty cool community. You know, part of my show intro is uh, and I just put this in my Facebook page today as one of my routine regular daily posts about you've got to be interested in your own success. And that's okay. You know, and it's not selfish. Apex executives, the group we're a part of, you definitely should check out Apex, uh join the apex.com, by the way. You know, we that's a whole group of winners, isn't it?
1: It's unlike any part of any group I've ever been a part of. I've never been in a room with that many people that are that successful in so many areas of life and yet some of the most humble people you'd ever meet oh yeah I've never been in a, I've never been in a room like that with that much success and zero ego that's just it, it's so rare to me and um, literally by Friday that is that's, that's a, uh, a day or two-day event that I look forward to every single month because I mean, it's great to see people on uh, Zoom. It's, it's awesome to talk, talk to people on the phone. I've actually been texting with a couple of execs this morning. I um, uh, was on the phone call actually uh, working with one of the execs just for a quick minute um, uh, about self-storage earlier. But it's like there's nothing like being in that, that face-to-face environment with them.
0: You said the word humble. <sighs> like And what I want people listening to know is successful people one of their first metrics of success, it is for me, and again, I said it in the intro, is being interested in the success of everyone else around you. Mm -hmm. It's kind of that rising tide lifts all ships mentality. But you can't be successful if you're not interested in your success first while not losing sight of those around you, right? Like that has to be key. So on that note, how do you approach that? What are some things you look for in your day to help raise other people up?
1: Jeff, one of my daughters says something all the time. Uh, when she gets asked what I do, whether it's by teachers or other kids or whatever, she'll tell people that um, her daddy helps business owners, and um, wherever he goes, he makes friends and fixes problems. And seriously, that's one of my favorite things to do is to try to help people wherever I can. And it's cliche to say that. I mean, you hear people say it all the time, but like it, it genuinely brings me. Uh, A lot of joy, a lot of happiness. Um, It's a sense of fulfillment that somebody's got a problem and somehow I can help fix it. And um, I was told once that that's kind of arrogant to think that you can fix everyone's problems. And I don't think I can fix everybody's problems, but if I can't help fix the problem, maybe I can just be uh, a shoulder to cry on or, or, you know, somebody there to to reassure you that it's going to get better. But um, I spend a lot of time with my clients, whether they're a credit card processing client or, or even if it's someone that's running a storage uh, unit from us or something like that, you know, I, I like learning about people. I like having those conversations with them and getting to know who they are and what makes them tick. And, and you know, sometimes it, it's something as simple as they have an issue that maybe I haven't dealt with it, but it's someone I know has, one of my clients, one of my friends, and yeah. I can kind of relate how they they were able to get through it. It's
0: odd to me when you said people think it's arrogant when you say you help fix problems. I mean, I don't th- I don't think you start out any day to say, I fix everybody's problem, mm. right? But I think the value of being someone who's success-driven and success-oriented is you carry a big Rolodex, right? Absolutely. And inside that Rolodex, Rolodex exists the answers for problems, mm. whether it's friends, family, clients, uh. Uncovering opportunity, right, right. Mm-hmm. in that rolodex, and that's where getting around the right people. It, you know, I cannot talk about that enough. I mean, you reference Fly in Friday. Uh, that's something Apex executives do once a month. We all converge on Texas, Dallas, Texas, and have a meeting and get together and brainstorm and basically, you know, continue to level up and challenge one another. And you're you're darn right. Some of those wins in that room are massive. And I've never approached it, and I hope no one does. Like I hope everybody like looks at it as that's awesome for you. And I now want to challenge myself mm-hmm. to continue to to raise up to those new levels. So it's really kind of this force multiplier um, that I think is very cool. But in your position, doing what you do with credit card processing, mm-hmm. you've kind of got that finger on the pulse, right? Like you've got this insight into business, especially. I mean, the last two years has to have like shown you some tremendous new data, new insights. So, walk us through what like the last two years have looked like and where you see business. And I guess I should ask, do you, do you serve more Main Street type processors? Or are you doing more like internet econ type processors, a mix of everything? Like, kind of dig into that, who you're serving and, um, and like what you've seen and where we're going we'll unpack that a little bit. Sure.
1: And and what you said about the last two years is spot on. We as a company, we partner with banks and credit unions. Um, a lot of people in the credit card processing space, they get their business coming from either cold calling or um, lots of advertising and things like that. And we just have always partnered with banks and credit unions because that's, you know, that's a much better scenario for us. It's a much better scenario and a lot of times for the business owners. But, um, when you work with uh, bank partners, you're going to take care of of anyone that they refer to you. So we do have a large client base that is uh, your typical mom and pop store, uh, you know, retail restaurant um, type scenarios. Um, we have a lot of those, but you know, we also we work with a lot of manufacturers and wholesalers. Um, e-commerce in the past was a very small percentage of our overall portfolio. What's interesting is, uh, you know, this this mythical thing that's uh, it's invisible. You know, this uh, I heard someone on the podcast earlier. today call it the COVID, um, and like where I live in the South, people talk about going to the Walmart. So <laughs> it's 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 insane. <laughs> but um, but what COVID did is COVID changed the game, and it changed the game for our industry in a couple of different ways. Um, business owners, a lot of them. Yeah, and and I'm sure a lot of people that are going to be watching or listening to this, they experienced what it was like to suddenly get told by the governor or maybe it's the mayor of the town you live in or the state you're in, you have to go home because you're not considered essential anymore, and um, oh. you know some, somebody getting to tell you that you're not essential and that you can't run your business. No, you still have overhead, you still have yep. the lives of of your employees that you're you took on the responsibility to pr- to pay them you know you have all these different things and that all falls on your shoulders um but just because somebody decided that you need to go home so that you can't run your business and so what we saw immediately and uh, and where I live in Tennessee the uh I believe it was the third week of March when it all started um there was a Sunday the very first Sunday that churches were not allowed to meet in person that kicked off you know, all of the, the COVID stuff in my area. Yep. On Wednesday of that week, and I don't know why Wednesday is the significant date, but on Wednesday of that week, I had churches calling left and right who had been calling their banks or their credit unions that, that we partner with, say okay. we've got to find a way to take payments online. And so that started it. And then from there, we've seen business owners left and right that realized we need a way to bring business in or to bring payments in so a lot of them added an e-commerce piece to their business, their existing business, and then a lot of people that were considering opening a business instead of going the retail route decided to start off from the very beginning as an e-commerce side uh, business. So e-commerce has grown exponentially, um, and now because all these businesses uh, think of your your Walmart, your Home Depot, Lowe's, those, those those national type retailers. They all put these beautiful little signs when you first go through the door, and it says, "There's a national coin shortage. So either pay with exact change, or pay with a credit card, because they don't want to get handout change." So people became very trained to stop paying in cash. Most businesses wouldn't take yep. checks anyway. So our volume in the industry has just went
0: through the roof. It's insane. Yeah. Wow. I didn't. I did I never correlated the coin shortage to increasing a in volume yep. because. I just don't pay attention to that and Mm -hmm. I don't want to make this like a political show and I don't want to make it a show about, you know, well, I know this inside info and I know that, but like you saw in the intro, my camp trailer, I've got a permanent site and one of my neighbors works for the Philadelphia Mint, Mint minting coins. He's like, we've been, we've shipped more coins the last two years than we've ever shipped. Yep. So I don't know. I'm just going to put that out there. We can move on. Yeah more often than not as we all know as responsible yep. adults the truth is somewhere in the middle of things right yep. so um but you know you said something about essential uh i think i think again i'm here we are i said i don't want to make it political i don't want to make it coverage <laughs> we're going to do it yeah um, you, go. you know i think i think when you tell me when i got told i'm not essential i said well My family's pretty darn essential to me. Yes. My vendor partners are pretty darn essential to me. My landlord thinks I'm pretty important because he wants his rent. And on down the line, and I think a lot of people really looked at that moment as saying, wait a minute, what I do is righteous, whether it's working on a line in a factory, whether it's delivering produce to the grocery store, Whether it's having a business, leading a church, it is of crucial importance to the person paying that person, the person receiving the service or the goods, whatever they are. And I I just thought that was such a criminal moment and such a slight against people. And you you tell me, I think people have responded by saying, you know what? I'm going to go do my own thing.
1: They go
0: and get their own, they go kind of start their own side hustle, like you said. People, instead of opening up a, you know, signing a five year lease, traditional brick and mortar, they crawl, walk, run, but they started up an e com thing or mm-hmm. they started instead of doing a, a, a baked goods store, they're just doing it from a, a community kitchen and taking orders online. But mm-hmm. did, did you take that the same way? Like what you, you just called me less than important. Right. Absolutely. That's and the not thing. essential.
1: They, and, and so like, from our perspective, so being the banking world, my wife uh, works with uh, a large medical group. So technically, we, we were considered essential, but I'm looking at it going, oh my gosh, I got clients all over the place, not just in my area, but all over the country that are, are scrambling going, what are we going to do? And to not, not to get political or, or to like you said, <laughs> to jump that, down that path. But here's the thing it really infuriates me. We're going to strut right down. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, like, so so here's the thing, right? My clients, as well as myself, we're what the uh, mainstream media will call your small business owners, your SMBs, right? Right. That's the folks that make the country move. And so yeah. when a business gets told, I'm sorry, sir, you own a paint store. I'm sorry, sir, you have uh, whatever business. I'm sorry, ma'am, you have this business over here that's not considered essential but you know what was considered essential Walmart was considered essential mm-hmm. now Walmart got was considered essential because they sell groceries but they didn't block off all those other aisles you know so Ever. everything else from clothes to yep. whatever all that stuff was considered you know essential for them but not for the local businesses yeah. and and so what I've seen in my area and and I've seen a lot of this uh, through social media as well I've seen more people have an interest and a focus on supporting local businesses now that they never had before because yep. they understand those businesses were the ones, some of them, unfortunately, they shut down because of COVID and they just weren't able to weather the storm. And you can give me all kinds of excuses like, well, maybe if they prepared better, maybe if they did this. Well, you know what? We, we don't know. You don't know the circumstances. Right. But I can tell you, I had people who went out of business during that time frame. And uh, and then I had other people who pivoted and opened a brand new business. And if they yeah. had not done that, they'd be working for someone today and being self instead of being self-employed themselves.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, when, when you touched on the big box stores, and I don't want to spend time on it because for mm-hmm. our listeners, it's not all that productive. But I was right there with you. I mean, I live nearby a Lowe's shopping center. I was out with a sign saying, basically, they shut my business, but this business is open. I had friends say, you know, Jeff, you're taking it too far. I said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You know, on Black Friday, prior to all of the world changing, these stores never had any problem crowd controlling. You know, there's no reason they couldn't block off non-essential items. I mean, if we're going to go down this road, let's go down this road equal to all. Mm -hmm. But we didn't do that, right? And that was my biggest contention. But, you know, talking about businesses that pivoted businesses that that unfortunately did go under. Um, I've got a saying about, you know, COVID has done two things. It's either allowed you to make excuses or it's permitted you to level up. Mm-hmm. And like, as an example, I just drove home this morning from Atlantic City. My wife and I took a couple of days away with friends. And, you know, it, it, it really grinds my gears, I guess you could say. You know, two years later, you know, hotel rooms still aren't getting cleaned. Right. Right. But the rates are higher than ever. Yep. They got less staff, you know, pushing the cleaning carts around the hallways. Mm-hmm. You know, do you think they could put a couple extra sets of towels in each room? <laughs> no. And, and, and again, like, it, I'm going to remember these kinds of experiences, mm-hmm. right? Where Where companies choose actively to make excuses and not choose to level up. So, from your perspective, you got any examples of like maybe as a whole or maybe a business you know that has leveled up in the last couple of years? Like, what, what do you have anything like that you could share with people watching, listening? Tons
1: of them. I have clients that um, had always thought about maybe taking their sales online, but didn't know how, um, never wanted to invest the time, never wanted to invest the money. And suddenly, because they got told they weren't essential, they had time on their hands. So, mm-hmm. I've got a number of clients that were able to launch e com stores. I've also got clients like one of my clients, just as an example, he's a great guy who um, he owns a a business where he has to be in in order to make sales, he has to be in the offices selling to his clients. And his clients may be anyone from a retail store to a a medical group to an attorney. Um, Just he has a, a huge range of customers. But what he does, involves restaurants. And so he also needs those restaurants to be open. Well, the minute COVID comes along, suddenly yeah. restaurants are, are takeout only. So the advertising that he sells is advertising inside of restaurants. So there's no real demand for, for his services at the time. And with no idea of how long things would be shut down, uh, within two weeks of, of everything starting, uh, the shutdown starting, he called me and he said, Hey, I need your help. And and I knew what was coming. I, I thought he's just going to call and say, hey, I need you to close my, my merchant account. We have no idea what's going to happen here. And instead, he started off the call and he goes, man, this thing sucks, doesn't it? He's like, COVID, who 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 would think that something that, you know, we can't even, we don't even know anything about it could shut us down like this. And I said, well, you know, I understand completely. Um, and he goes, so I need your help. And I was like, sure, man. And, and I'm getting ready to say, I'll go ahead and close your account for you. And he goes, I need <laughs> to open up a new merchant account. And I was like, Okay, great. Wow. What, what are we doing? And he goes, "Well, he said, you know, years ago in a previous life, I uh, I used to sell um, some stuff, and I did it door to door. And I was like, wait a minute, you sold stuff door to door. Okay, what are we doing?" He goes, "Well, um, we're gonna we're gonna flip the. We're not gonna sell door to door, but we're gonna follow the model that we had with that company. And so um, I'm gonna start this brand new business, and uh, it's gonna be a concierge service. You can." Make an appointment. You can come in. You can pick up your stuff. We'll have it packaged and ready for you. We'll do curbside, but we're going to get you taken care of. Well, I was blown away because that I've been trying to help my clients, like my restaurants in particular. I've been walking them through the ones that were going, Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And I'm like, Look, you're going to take out. You're going to do online ordering. You're going to deliver. You're going to do, you're not going to cater, but you're going to deliver the food. And, and you know, we're. so I'm, I'm working with people. And then here he's coming to me with this idea. And that turned into a, a very successful second business for him. And, um, and now he's been able to speed up his uh, retirement planning by about five years just because he oh, now has fantastic. a second income coming in that is... Uh, <laughs> some months it's actually robbing his primary business. But, you know, but he, he wasn't going to set back and just get told, I'm sorry, you can't do your, your job anymore. You can't, you can't provide for your family. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of, of stories like that. Um, and Apex is full of them. I mean, there's, we have so many people between entourage, entrepreneurs, uh, executives. There's a lot of us out there that, that found, you know, something to do during that time. So yep. I really do think, and it's, it's probably not a popular um, commentary on COVID, but I think COVID was a blessing for a lot of people because it gave them time and forced them to do something that either They'd been thinking about doing, and or knew they needed to do, but they would never have uh, they'd never have forced themselves to do it.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that, and I know you know if you're listening and you were hurt and you're still recovering or had to start over, I, I'm sure, Chris, you have sympathy for somebody listening who's in that Absolutely. moment. I know I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but keep you know just keep working at it. It'll come around. You'll figure it out. Just like the example that Chris highlighted. Maybe it's not going to be that same timeline. But you keep doing the work. It, it will happen. And connect to great people. Maybe it's not an apex group. I would, I would ask you why not. But yeah. connect to good people who are interested in being successful. And that's going to bleed and breed over to you. Uh, which is great. But um, you know, I think when we talk about business... You know, to me, being a business owner, as an example, when we got the permission, now my business owner, business partner, and I, we kept working all throughout when Pennsylvania was supposed to be shut down. Our employees were home because uh, I'm not catching a federal case with OSHA. I, that's <laughs> one of my you know, federal alphabet agencies in my life is a no go. Right? Like, it's why I'll never do a franchise. Right? I just, I don't care how much money I'm leaving on the table if I've got like the lightning in a bottle idea for franchising, I'll sell it to somebody who has an appetite for franchising and dealing with the SEC. I don't. So we sent the employees home. Ben and I kept working. And I really believe it was that grit and determination to keep going that propelled our business June 5th and forward when we were allowed to open. But that night of June 5th, and I think you'll like this, I I messaged uh, the two guys that were working the store I said, do not turn the open sign off. That open sign never, ever turns off again. That's awesome. And I don't care what the electric bill is. I don't care how much the neon is to replace. It never, ever turns off. Tell Mm -hmm. me no, and I'm going to fight harder. Tell me no again. And, like, you know, it's kind of like when De Niro does the commentary on Pesci and Casino. You know, you bring a knife, you better he brings a gun. You bring a bat, you know, it you like it's just gonna keep coming. I'm not a violent individual. It was the example that could just came no, to my mind. I but, get it. But like, tell me no, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna say, well, why? Mm-hmm. And that you better have a damn good reason. And 100%. I didn't see good reasons at the time. And you know, some customers of ours wanted delayed in delays to get the stuff in their home. That was fine. Others mm-hmm. they wanted it right away, and we kept moving forward. And I think business ownership is one of the biggest expressions. I know you're very pro-America. You Mm -hmm. believe in our country. This flag, first time I'm sharing this on the show, you'll like this. Uh, Looking at the screen, that little flag right there was the flag I had in my hand when I said the first Pledge of Allegiance as a U.S. citizen in September of 2019. Um, So that's why this flag hangs here. I believe that business ownership is one of the biggest, most personal expressions of liberty and freedom in our nation because we have the ability to do so. What are your thoughts there? I, I agree
1: completely. Every time I hear somebody complain, and I don't care if it's a celebrity or whoever, but celebrities are the ones who get the most press with it. Every time somebody complains about something in the country and they're like, "Well, if this if this person gets elected, we're going to leave the country or whatever." My thought has always been the same thing. Leave. Leave, right? B- b- I'll help you pack because we have it <laughs> better than anybody else. Uh, absolutely. It's like, I mean, I'll even store your stuff for that matter, <laughs> but it's like we have the best <laughs> we have it we have it better than anybody I else made you spit my water. Out. <laughs> but but here's the thing, man. Think about it. Business owners, we're the underdogs, right? We're a nation of underdogs. We were built as an underdog. And we've grown. And I don't care what industry you're in, the odds are stacked against you when you take it upon yourself to go out and start a business. So right there, you earn my respect because you had an idea and you actually did something with it. You know, Lots of people will never take action on starting a business or anything because they're working for, they're waiting for everything to get perfect. And, um, you know, I, Ryan Stewart has probably one of my favorite sayings, and it's, it's um, uh, imperfect action beats uh, perfect inaction every single time. And it's true because there's yep. lots of people who are waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting to get things just right. And in the meantime, they're losing thousands and thousands, if not millions of dollars, because they just didn't get started. Um, I mean, it, it's just, it, it's well, astronaut to me. Isn't, it,
0: isn't the reason for delayed start for some people because they're looking for permission from their circle? Oh, sure.
1: Absolutely. Well, right. sometimes it's permission and sometimes it's uh, it's just a straight-up fear. It's the fear of what right. will they think. Right. You
0: know, or what are they saying? Right. Yep. They're saying, you know, you can't, you can't do this. Oh my gosh, online competition. Oh my gosh, how are you going to open up a little eatery when you got Olive Garden in town? Well, Olive Garden sucks. It's microwave bag food, right? You know, uh, my in my humble opinion, Olive Garden. Please don't sue me. (laughs) That's funny, but no, you're absolutely (laughs) right. It's and you know what's funny is
1: we hear people talk all the time about they they won't do this or they said that or they think this. I, someday, I'd like to meet who they is. I mean, you know, right. each of us, it, it's somebody different. Sometimes it's, it's the people that are the closest to you. Oftentimes, it's the people closest. It's the—it's uh, your family that maybe they think they're trying to protect you or they're um, they are looking out for mm-hmm. you. Um, but I'll tell yep. you, a lot of times, it's your family and they're telling you that because you they've seen how you you handle yourself. They've seen you start things and not finish. They've seen you make promises and not fulfill. They've seen you not do what you said you were going to do. And so they're either saying that because they're protecting you or maybe they're protecting themselves from yet another one of your, um, let's just call it stories. Um, yep. and, and I say that as a guy who... I've worked my butt off to get to where I am. I work really hard. Um, I'm a famous, or I'm not. I'm not famous. I am a guy who has used that famous saying of, of "I listen to what you say, but I watch what you do, and if the yep. two don't line up, you know you, you're you're telling me all I need to know." But I've been that guy at times that man. I, I was talking the game, but I didn't take the action, and and then I had to live with. The, the guilt that I had to live with the headache. I had to live with the, I can't believe the embarrassment really, you know, I can't believe I didn't do that. Um, so, you know, if anything, if that's been you, that's fine. Past is the past. It sucks. It's over with. Let's move forward and and forget about what you didn't do. Go start doing something now.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that accountability for action is big. I think there's two, I think there's two versions of they, right? So there's the first they, That you shared who is an intuitive, insightful they. But they they may not share what they're seeing because there's the feeling aspect. They don't want to call out their brother, sister, father, mother, you know, cousin, whoever, right? Friend. Um, I think the other group of they is this group is somebody who is very comfortable with that draft of you, right? True. if, if they see Chris step out of his comfort zone and they're on Chris's payroll, whether, yeah, payroll in quotes, whether that be mm-hmm. financially, you know, mind share time, focus on charity time, right? If they see Chris starting to get excited about this new thing, they may say, Oh, I don't think that's such a good idea because really mm-hmm. deep down, it's going to upset their apple cart. Yep. Like they're, they're saying, whoa, whoa, if Chris's car moves away from me, I can't draft on him anymore. And I think, yep. I think it's important for somebody listening to, to really understand where that's coming from and then how you handle it. Uh, I'm going to touch on imposter syndrome because this is one for me that I really try to get like proper definition on, properly communicate to people so what's your definition of the imposter syndrome? I'll tell you, I, I had heard that
1: term used several different times, and I wasn't really sure that I understood it. And I don't even know that my definition of it is is accurate. But I felt it probably more so when I, when I joined executives than anything else. Um, mostly the moment I walked into the room. I walked into the room and I was like, oh my gosh, who are all these people? Um, and then I start meeting them and learning about them. And I'm like, oh my gosh, their businesses are doing so much. And, you know, their grossing uh, sales are this. Their net income is that. Um, they own all these locations. They're doing all these things. And all I kept thinking is, I'm in the wrong room. I don't belong here. <laughs> um, I, yep. I, I, I mean, literally, Second like... I second guessed myself so much, especially at the very first Fly on Friday, and um, and frankly, I I I was I wasn't I had too much pride to leave, but I was like I was so freaking intimidated because I was like, oh my gosh, like I know who these people are because of Facebook. I haven't met these people before, and the opinions I had of some of them totally based off of just their posting. um, It's not that I had negative opinions of of any of them. But then I met them and it's like, man, these people are so much sharper, better, yep. uh, whatever. And uh, and like, man, I was like, I was so intimidated to be in that room. And still, I'm intimidated when I'm there just because I value that group so much and and the impact they've had on my life in the last year. Um, Not necessarily like, I, can, I mean, I do business with some of them. They do business with me. But yep. uh, but it's more about man, I mean, like I take their time seriously, um oh, because yeah. I, I respect them, man. I mean those are people I, I compare it to sports i I have I was never a great athlete, but I love sports, I love being part of a team um and and the thing is, it's like, you know, we win together, we lose together, but in either case, we are together. And and I'm I'm convinced when I'm in that room there isn't a problem you can't there isn't a problem somebody can bring up in that room that can't be solved by other people in that room, yep. and so um, it's intimidating but it's it's uh, it's so fulfilling to be a part of that you know to be one one of the people that's there just able to absorb it all and um, I, I I probably talk I know I talk a lot but but I keep my mouth shut when I'm there a lot because it's like oh my gosh man I just want to soak it in um, I'm old enough that. There used to be these commercials when I was a kid that would talk about investing and it said, you know, when EF Hutton talks, people listen. And, uh, and I seriously, every time that, that people start talking to there, I, I feel like I just need to stop what I'm doing and take notes. And it doesn't matter who it is. That's the thing. It's not like there's one person or two people or three. There's a hundred plus people in there. And every one of them, when they start talking, I know they're great at what they do. I just need to learn from them. Yeah. Sorry, that's a really yeah. long answer.
0: No, no. I mean, I think, you know, kind of distilling that down, um, not everybody has, right now as they're listening to the show, whether it's live here today or uh, about a week after we do these shows live, they come out on audio player. You know, you might be listening. It's like, well, I can't, you know, I can't even afford to fly to Texas once a month for 10 months out of the year, let alone pay the entry fee for the room, for the group uh, that it is. Um, but the reality is, you know, I think the first metric that you need to tell yourself is if you're paying in taxes, you're ahead of like half the people in this nation. Okay. And I'm not trying to make a contest out of life, right? I think where we are in our society right now, you talked about social media, maybe this wasn't exactly what you're talking about, but like everybody shows, uh, everybody shows the play, no one shows the backstage mess, right? Yep. Like, no one's willing to pull back the hurt. So, you know, take in what you're hearing. If, you know, if you're paying in taxes, you're like in the top half of our nation's producers, which is great. You know, if, if you're happily married and not divorced, right? You're, you're in another category. If you are divorced, but you're leading your children, congratulations. Keep, taking that action and the thing you you've been you've been a part of the executive crowd for a year now for me it's only four months but the compounding effect it like it's it's doing the hockey stick thing for me personally right like it's kind of kind of like this and that and, and it's just gonna go up like that the connections both personally professionally financially it's really astounding and and the message that I want everybody to take away is just continue on with the positive action, the positive contribution that you have, to give to people. Uh, it doesn't mean go down a road, you know, like we see on the Shark Tank, people bring forth an idea that is cool. just not good, right? Right. There's no market for it. It's like this passion project, and it's just not good. But, you know, that's where you need that's why being in a room with smart people is important because you'll get that guidance of. Is this just something you're passionate about, or is this something people will pay you for and see value in in this world? Um, But I can't, I can't talk about it enough. Where you got to stack that positive action, no matter how small it is, like just keep building it up, because it really becomes this foundation for you in your life. Um, So, yeah, that's uh, that's what I have to say there. Anything else to add on to that? One thing I talked,
1: you mentioned, you know, stacking it. I'll tell you something that I have found has probably been one of the biggest game changers for me. Um, I've always been a kind of a a positive attitude guy. Um, I just I'd rather look at the glass as being half full than half empty and all that. But you know we can't help, but eventually you're going to be affected by whatever you're around. If you're around positive people and a positive environment, you're going to see the positive opportunities that exist if you're around somebody that's always pulling you down then they're going to keep pulling you down they're they're complaining about the government they're complaining about gas prices they're complaining about the Kardashians or whatever it is you're going to end up in that negative mindset and so one of the yep. things that I did is I went on a, a um, I guess you could call it a social media campaign and the goal was to um, I'm going to fill my, my news feed with positivity and the best way that I found to do that was I started looking anytime that someone uh, would send me a friend request or if I sought someone out, um, man, your friends matter to me. So oh, if, if I see that we've got hundreds of friends uh, that are in common, I've got a pretty good idea who who you are based off of your other friends. And so yeah. um, uh, probably I'm guessing 75 to 80%, maybe even more, of my friends on Facebook. It's the folks from, that are a part of Apex. And if they're not part yep. of Apex, they're part of Arite or it's Lions, Not She, they're part of a positive group like that. And I yep. know that they've got the right mindset. And um, And so, when I do go through my newsfeed, and it's not that often, uh, I mean, I've got a large uh, Facebook group that I spend some time in, but I don't spend a, a tremendous amount of time in the mess- or in the uh, the the newsfeed, but when I do, it's win after win after win. Yep. It's people who are having wins in business. They're having wins with their family. It's 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 winning,
0: and it's so I mean, it, much it, better. Yeah, environment is everything. Everything, it really is. You know, you you said you use the phrase pour in, and I've been reading and seeing as of late, like. And, and it leads to my intro. It leads to again this post I made today that I'll reference. Like, if your cup's not full, it, and and maybe 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 the, the the fullness in the cup ebbs and flows day over day, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're not focused on making your cup full, so it overflows and you can pour into other people's success, which goes to being interested in the success of those around you, that's a problem, mm-hmm. right? Like if your cup's dry. What's going to fill that negativity, depression, addiction, vices? Mm -hmm. You know, because you're going to look, you're going to look for joy. And again, in quotes, in some way, and it may not be a good way. And then Mm -hmm. you can't pour that success into other people. Uh, Not at all. Um, So, I mean, I really think pouring into people, you touched on it. Circle back to it here is just so so important. So you said about mutual friends. So this here's here's an interesting question I have for you. What's your automatic number? Without clicking the profile, what's do you have a number where you're like okay I'm we're new. good?
1: What what's yep. that number?
0: How so, many mutual friends?
1: It used to be it was 100, and then uh, every once in a while somebody would sneak in, and then it went to 200, and then every once in a while someone would sneak in. Now, um, I just keep creeping it up. Uh, it, it's a minimum of 300. Right. Um, and that'll go up from there. But, um, yep. but I... And, and here's the thing. Even when I see the number, the very first thing that I do is I'll click the profile and I just scroll down. I don't even want to look at what you post. I want to see who the friends are. And um, for whatever reason, there's a handful of execs that typically they're the first people that show up as mutual friends. And I'm like, you know what? If he's if yep. if, if he's a friend, we're good. So,
0: yep, you know. yeah. For me, for me, right now, that number's hundred. But I realized uh, as I was looking last night, I'm like, crap. Some of, some of the times we have 400 Yep. So for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna start moving that number up. Um, and I kind of let I let everybody else kind of gestate, percolate a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of see those numbers creep up as I approve, as maybe they get more networked in. And listen, you know, please, if you're, you know, listen to this, don't take what Chris and I are saying as like, we're arrogant. Oh, you can't oh, be nice. in our circle. No. It, but, here, but here's what happens if you let in the person that's, you got three mutual friends with, you know, what happens to me, I don't know about you, Chris, but like I get pitched weight loss. Oh, because Because they see the, they see the puffy cheeks, <laughs> right? You me I'm like both. gripping my puffy <laughs> cheeks, right? Yep. And I'm like, oh, that guy's fat. He needs to lose some weight. Let me hit them up in the D, yet, which is like just the total wrong way to go around it. Yeah. Um, because you know what most people don't know about me is I'm a walking science experiment with all the accidents that I've had, and uh, I'm just really and this is not an excuse, but I'm doing it right now actually stretching my left leg because it is immensely sore. But you know, exercise for me is a real problem, um, so I have to be more judicious with diet and. I am more and more focused on that intentionally because that is about what success is, right? You can't be all that successful if you're super overweight or have a lot of health problems. But, um, but yeah, that, that, that number of things are interesting. And yep. like for me, if you hit me up and we have one or two or three mutual friends, that's just an instant delete. Like yep. the, to me, the whole idea of putting positivity into your newsfeed really, and tell me what you think of this, really is about fighting off what the algorithms want to feed you. 100%. It absolutely is. So I figured out that
1: once I started doing this, my news feed changed completely. I got away from politics. Mm-hmm. Um if, if if I see something that's political, it's literally somebody droopy or somebody sharing a meme making fun of something on the political side because you know, at the end of the day, you and I can post all we want about whoever we like, the right, the left, the up, the down. It doesn't matter. Nobody's right. changing their opinions based on what you and I think, just like we're not going to change ours. So, um, I, I got, you know, that, that focus on positivity. I look forward to going on Facebook now just to see the wins. And if anything, it pushes me because I'm like, man, you know, I've had it this, this last couple of days have been just not bad, but. But I'm not. I don't have these massive wins, and because I see other people having those wins, that's just motivation to me. So I love it. Um, And and, you know, one other thing that you mentioned about, like if you just see one or two friends that you have it in common, here's what I know: that person's either going to pitch me weight loss, they're going to piss me, pitch me on um, uh, forex, crypto, something like that. (laughs) <laughs> or they're yeah. a really attractive girl, and I'll click on that picture just so I can see who the mutual friends are because I'm judging you. Because if you're if we if oh, you're yeah. one of the two or three guys that are are the mutual friends, yep. and there and that girl has like two pictures, and there's a link to her whatever website. I'm like I'm judging those yep. guys now. Like what are you doing? You know, right. Um, but
0: yep. anyway, yeah, I mean, hey, right there with you. I I yep. look at it in the same same way. So. On that note, on crypto, um, topically, Mm -hmm. so we're going to kind of like take an immediate left turn here in the conversation. Um, So, topically, right now, as we're talking, um, I think uh, Visa and MasterCard have shut off service in Russia. They have. Right? Yes. So, again, we're not going to, I'm not asking you to pick sides, Ukraine or Russia. Mm -hmm. I'm not, not at all. To me, And I shared this in the executives group. My learnings of setting up a crypto wallet. The takeaway that I took from that is you don't just do that overnight. (laughs) It does. It takes some time to build it. There's some security steps. You can't just dump money in from a credit card. At least this is my understanding of it. Is that right? It has to be through your bank card because credit cards they don't want the liability. As I understand, because there's
1: chargebacks. Yeah.
0: Right, because you're like, yeah, I won about $50,000 of crypto and then I go to the credit card company and because right. crypto is anonymous, they have a hard time proving it. And then I just got 50 grand of free crypto. So right. there's a lot of steps. The lesson for me is, and I would urge everybody to do this, at least get a wallet set up with something, 100 bucks, mm-hmm. 50 bucks, 500 bucks. Because sad be the day for you that, listen, I'm positive there are good people in Russia, many of them. Oh, yeah. If they only had a Visa card, They're done. They can't transact business. They can't go buy groceries. They can't put gas in their car. Um, So, topically, that's happened. From your view, what's next for those people? Like, what happens next? So, before that
1: happened, there were a lot of people who um, made the run on the bank, so to speak, trying to get their money out to have cash on hand. And the minute mm-hmm. that something like that happens, the banks immediately start to limit what you can get. And um, for people that have never worked around banking, what what they don't understand is the bank just doesn't have millions of dollars sitting in the vault. Right. You know, they only have so much cash on hand, and a lot of that's because of liability and just practicality. So, um, you know, if you have a million dollars sitting in your checking account or checking accounts. Uh, at a bank, and you decide you're going to go and pull all that out, you show up at the bank, they're going to tell you come back in three days because they have to order the money to have the money there for you. So yep. the a lot of people weren't able to get the money they needed. Visa and MasterCard shutting things down. The reality is uh, a lot of businesses, very few businesses, I was going to say a lot of businesses don't, but let's just say a very few businesses do accept any sort of of... Um, Uh, crypto so a lot of those people are they're in a really tough spot right now and um frankly it's it's a it's a place i don't envy um and what you said is so true i'm sure there are lots of great people there who unfortunately they're having to to deal with the consequences of their leadership and the crazy thing is don't think that couldn't happen here or anywhere else you know it, you can you can be impacted, as we saw with COVID and everything else, you can be impacted with yep. nothing that you did or, or had to do with.
0: And, the, and well, one of the things... Look at, look at the sorry? arbitrary... Look, I mean, here in Pennsylvania, it was so arbitrary. Essential, non-essential. Absolutely. And then within the definitions of that, if you fought, you might get a ruling, maybe. hmm So just to interject that, I'm sorry to interrupt you.
1: Well, and and so there's two points I'll hit real quick and then um you know I'll I'll stop. But like so in addition to like Visa and MasterCard shutting off everything happening there, let me take it one step that's a little maybe a little bit closer to home. Let's say that you as a business owner, with the industry you're in, let's say that, for example, Visa and MasterCard decide not to support your industry anymore. And this happens. Yep. It's happened before. Yep. Most of the time, yep. it's not Visa, MasterCard, Discover, and American Express that's the issue. It's the bank that's doing the processing that decides that to uh, to play politics as well. And so this happened in the credit card processing world with um, a really large bank. Um, they're around somewhere uh, in America. Um, don't sue Jeff or me, Bank of America. But um, they decided to come along and say, we're not going to support credit card processing for people in the gun industry. Um, really? Several other yep. banks did that. And yep. um, QuickBooks, of all things, they shut down and refunded money to, uh, for businesses that were in the gun industry. They shut down the merchant accounts and refunded purchases to the customers. So now the business sold an item and had their money taken away. So you know, don't think things like that can't happen. So I think whether it's crypto or or whatever else you can come up with,
0: you need to have a backup plan in place. I mean, that's yeah, I mean, something you should always have. Yeah, kind of how you look at your investments, right? You have a good mix mm-hmm. of things, aggressive, absolutely, mild risk, super conservative risk, right? You might have cash, CDs, stocks, bonds, real yep. estate, you know. Operationally, your business should be diverse, you know. Um, yep. being able to accept credit cards, being able to affect the cryptocurrency payment, um, maybe gold and silver. Depending on who you are and what you do, you know, it, it, the world is, we're, we're seeing the world differently now. Don't wanna be doomy and gloomy, but it's, it, it just, you know, the title of this episode is Clear Thinking, Straight Shooting. I mean, gee whiz, right. we've got somebody here that's got insight into it. You just heard it like, have, have the ability to pivot in, in what you take, how you can pay bills, how mm-hmm. you can buy inventory, how you can sell things. It really, it really does make sense. Um, parallel charity that you like to support mm-hmm. uh, is about teaching youth um, how to shoot guns, how to handle guns safely. I'm, I would imagine that's a massive part of what you do. Absolutely. Share, share with everybody listening about that. I'm a big... And, and by the way, before we go any further, I got to give a shout out to our mutual friend Steve Shawbacker Sheepdog oh. Firearms. I'm a customer. Great All guy. Right? Um, I will neither confirm or deny what I'm a customer of Steve. Steve sells a lot of things. Cool. This way... The interweb doesn't put me on a list, but uh, sent me some awesome hats. Okay, and a uh, whole bunch of really cool t-shirts. So to show those off, so that's thank awesome. You, Steve sent me some great shirts. Okay, that's fantastic. This one, this one I like the most. This, I don't usually do Christmas shirts, but uh, I like this one. <laughs> Hanging out with my nomies. So that's awesome. thank you, Steve. Um, it's always good to know folks like Steve at Sheepdog Firearms. But uh, but yeah, so you so your charity. Tell us a little bit about that while you're passionate about it. So um,
1: I mentioned before, I have a large uh, Facebook group. It's, uh, we're about to cross 19,000 members. And uh, oh, wow. I, I enjoy shooting quite a bit. I, I grew up um, shooting and hunting, and uh, I enjoy a lot of competition. And so the thing that um, brings a lot of joy to me, I mean, I have kids, um, but I think that... Um, Kids getting taught lessons at a young age, you know, that that sculpts you, that, that molds you um, in not just the current times, but in the future. And so um, just like I'm a huge fan of kids in sports, um, I believe that every kid should be familiar with firearms. And the reason I say that is because what happens a lot of times is when you hear these horrific stories about a child killing another child or something like that, they were curious. They were curious yep. about a gun, and they didn't know how to handle it safely. And first and foremost, a lot of times that gun was left out where they, the kids could get access when they shouldn't have had access to begin yeah. with.
0: It was it was first, but, left and there was no supervision. supervision. That's right, yep.
1: no supervision whatsoever. And so, this classic yep. uh, shooting sports they are very instrumental in helping children get started started in shooting sports. And what's neat about it is um, shooting sports are uh, whether we're talking something like um, Handgun competitions, or rifle competitions, or maybe it's shotguns or whatever. What's really important about that is kids are taught from a very young age by by trained people, not just you know Uncle Joe or whoever. Um, I mean, I think your your family should always be there to help you with it, but I think it's fantastic to have people who are great with not only firearm safety but they also know how to work with kids, and they do a, a great job of helping kids learn about guns, how to respect them, how to safely handle them. And because you take away that curiosity factor and they're allowed to touch them and hold them and shoot them, um, they suddenly don't have the only reference as far as a gun goes is whatever they've seen on TV. You know, whatever yeah. they, they saw. in video a, game. Absolutely. Video games are, yeah. are are a huge example. And so I'm a big fan of that. Um, we We... You know, are um, we're very strong believers in the fact that if you understand how a gun works, you understand the consequences that when when you pull that trigger, something comes out that barrel and it's going to tear up whatever it is. You know, yep. that that alone, um, it's it's all about helping a kid understand what happens there. And you know, not all kids have an interest in guns, and that's fine. But at least they know what happens with them. They know how to use them safely, and they understand what happens if um, if they handle them carelessly. So I'm a big fan of any um, anyone that you know is involved in helping kids get out and, and learn something. I don't care if it's sports or if it's, it's shooting or anything, because um, at the end of the day, I mean, our kids are our future.
0: Yeah, no, 100% agree with you. I I take my kids shooting at the range with me. Uh, one of the like parallel life lessons is. I said, much like that bullet out of the firearm, once you shoot it, it's it's downrange, it's on target, and it's gonna tear something up. And yep. you know, similar, think I think of the words and the actions you take in life. Okay. You're not not with a weapon in your hand, but just right. how you treat your friends, how you teach your teachers, treat your teachers, how you respect those around you, the the way you conduct yourself. Uh sometimes those words are gonna tear somebody up and you didn't really think about it too much. Yep. Um, and you can't get it back. And, you can't, yeah. Once you bang, once it's out, hard. Yep. It's gonna take a whole bunch of actions later to, to uh, put the put it put it proverbially back in, back in the chamber, so to say. Yep. Right? Absolutely. So, no, that's very cool. Um, again, topically, no matter how you feel about firearms, uh, at this moment, I'm sure the Ukrainian people are happy for the firearms they're being given from. Other folks around the around the world, um, yep. you know, uh, I think uh, I think our, the way our founders. Yeah, I'm a, I really study the Constitution, Declaration of Independence. I'm in this immense period right now of studying from 1776 to 1797, or I'm sorry, yeah. 1787. That 11 year period, um, and I think the way our founders. If you look at the way the first, second, third, fourth, up through the 10 amendments were set up, it is very special. And it's really, truly meant to be discourse, issues with one another, really is truly meant to be done on a peaceful matter. Mm -hmm. But that second amendment is up there first, well, second. It's it's not the latter. It's in the front half, right? Right. It is there for a reason. It is there intentionally. We are sadly seeing some of that today in our society. But uh, to your charity, I think it's fantastic um, what you're doing there. Uh, how'd you get started with it? It was just just love of go, you know shooting as a kid growing up with it.
1: Yeah, my dad was always really influential in um, in being outdoors. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm a little older. I just turned forty eight. But uh, you know, video games weren't really a thing back then, and so we were always outside yeah. playing sports or hunting or something. And and as I got older, um, especially once I got away from athletics, um, I missed the the competition aspect of it. And so I've always enjoyed hunting and still do. But um, several years ago, I just I had to have a, a a conversation with my wife, and I was like, Listen, I need something competitive. Um, I you know we can I, I compete in sales. Um, I compete in some other things. Um. I'm a little disappointed in myself that I took athletics off the table. Um, I'm I'm going back to fix that now. But um, competition in, in shooting was a big thing to me, and so started yep. shooting more and more, and uh, just kind of grew from there. And and like I said, that that gun group I started it um, basically just to see if I could start a group on Facebook, and yep. and then um, I heard Andy Purcell say something one day that really stuck a chord with me, and so uh, or struck a chord. And uh, next thing you know, we went from 450, 450 members to, uh, I think we're at about 18,700 and something right now. Um, and that's in, over the last uh, three years. So um, wow, we're actually that's great. launching, we're launching the, an entire e-com business and everything uh, and actually a separate gun forum. We're launching every bit of that because of that group. Um, and that's just because Facebook and, and guns don't really go well together. Um, and yeah. we're we yeah. play on Facebook. Uh, it's it's their playground and we just get to play there. So if they change their yeah. mind and kill a group, then it's gone.
0: So. yeah, there's that uh, freedom and liberty thing, right? That's a fact, it's, it's so. just the way it goes. We got to respect it. The, it the, the knife cuts both ways, right? So we go and pivot, and like you said, you're moving, you're doing your own thing in your own forum, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. so real quick, before we wrap up, so you're a sharpshooter. <laughs> so what do you like what's your skill? What's your thing?
1: When it comes to as far as
0: guns goes? Like yeah, like target competition. Like what's rifles. The, what's the modal uh, what's the modality? Okay.
1: Yeah, it's all about rifles. Um I shoot a lot of PRS matches, uh, which most of the ones I shoot are uh, actually Rempire matches, but we're shooting twenty two long yep. rifles out to about five hundred yards and it's a blast, man. Tons of fun. Oh wow unintended.
0: Nice. Yep. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. Cool. Well, man, look, this has been really great. I really appreciate your time. Um hopefully you listening, you know, if you want to find a way to connect with Chris, I hope we gave you great insight into who he is as a person, how he cares as a leader. Um uh, I'm going to take one step back the con- cuz I wanted to touch on this real quick. You said something about to your wife. Hey, I got to get something involved competition wise in my life. I can win in sales. I can win here, I can win there. I feel you. I get what you're saying. As soon as I get the ability to get this left leg of mine back to a fighting mode, I'm back on the mats and pursuing jiu-jitsu to get my black belt because I left the purple. Um so I'm like almost there. Uh but uh, I get what you're saying. It does make you a different leader, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It, when it absolutely you're competing does. So, what just real quick, what does that competition fighting spirit do for you as a leader? I, it makes, I think when I'm competing, it, it,
1: you have to be on point and like, it, you have to have that clarity. And some of the, the, the best ideas that I come up with are in the middle of something totally unrelated. I'm in the middle of yep. shooting a match and, uh, and, and I'm, I've got 90 seconds or two minutes to, to, hit these 12 targets that are at varying distances and some are over here and some are over there or whatever. But, you know, I'll get up off of um the ground or or off of this position I'm shooting from and it will hit me. Oh my gosh, if I do this, if we if we put this mm. follow-up plan in place, and it sounds goofy because yep. they don't they don't go together, but sometimes it's it's correlating what I just did that worked, that I didn't think would work, but I tried it and it did. But that's this is in competition and in, in shooting. Then maybe if I do something I, I don't think is going to work over here, this is a, it can be a total game changer. And, um, and actually with our storage facilities, if we're putting all this automation in place, and that totally came from, um, from a competition I was at where I was talking with another shooter and we were talking about some ways to practice to get better because. Any, in anything in life, if you don't practice, it's really difficult to get better. Yeah. You can't just wait till game day to show up and and you know learn what you're doing. And in that conversation, we were talking about automating a few things. And something that that um, he said just clicked, and I was like, "Crap! Wow, we can automate the entire process of someone renting a unit, a storage unit. We can automate them signing the paperwork. We can automate getting their payments set up." And we already automate the the, the the recurring payments, but we can automate that entire front-end process as well. And we can do it all with... Um, frankly, we can do it without ever talking to them. And uh, yeah. I, I mean, we enjoy talking to our renters, but we have a lot of people that go to a website at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and rent a storage unit. I don't know yeah. what's happening in their world at 2 or 3 in the morning, but they're renting storage mm-hmm. units. And we have people that we don't even know who they are. We'll see them on camera or see them... Um, at the facility, we look at their license plate number and realize, oh, that's that person that rented two weeks ago. Yeah. They did it without ever talking to us, but but all of those decisions were made based off of a conversation with someone at at a a competition.
0: Yeah. That's what, you know, as we wrap up, that's what I call my puttering and scheming time. So I'm doing something totally unrelated to business, but allows your mind to open up. It allows your mind really to relax and kind of Mm -hmm. Take in, you know, somebody said something to you, and it hits your mind like kind of squishes the brain differently right here, yep. and it's like this activation, and it unlocks the seventeen things you've heard before that were blocked off otherwise, and it just lines them all up, and the light idea light bulb goes off, and you're off to the races. Folks watching, listening, afford yourself that time. You might think sure. you got to hustle and grind twenty four seven, but really, you're. You, I find I shut myself off to more opportunity when I do that than if I just let the puttering and scheming time in. That's how I take it.
1: It's absolutely so, true. It it it's it allows you to get out of the tunnel vision. Um yeah. because I mean, if you live, eat, breathe what you do, it's really difficult to ever think outside the box. It's really difficult to 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 even have a conversation sometimes. And um you know so I think everybody needs something uh, for some people maybe it's shopping for some people maybe it's it's maybe it's it's reading it's watching a book it's going for a hike I don't care I just think um, if you can do something I'm a fan of, of doing something outdoors um I just think that you know God created this world for us to live in it so we might as well enjoy it
0: amen love it Chris my friend Been a true pleasure great to uh Get to know you in the run up to the show, spend time with you here. I'll be spending time with you in Texas yes, sir. from here on out. Thank you for taking the time. If you want to get with Chris about credit card processing, you want to uh, understand more about some of the Facebook groups he's run around youth shooting sports, please do connect with him. We've had his stuff on the screen the whole show, chrisclear.net, uh, Atlanticmerchant.com. This is for those listening. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at the credit card processor. And LinkedIn, The Chris Clear. I like that one. The Chris Clear. That's good. But uh, yeah, please do connect with him. Also on the storage uh, storage facilities, rental facilities there. Uh, he's also got some great insights he can share with you there too. Chris, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so yeah. much for uh, for joining me on the show.
1: Thank you so much for allowing me to be on, man. It was, it was an absolute pleasure. And I'm looking forward to meeting you in just a couple of weeks here. Yeah,
0: man. We'll see you soon. Take care. Right. Take care.